it is another edition of Swing Thoughts, like no other edition that we've done before. I mean, it's hard to uh, put into context or into whatever. Uh, golf in the time of the virus. Uh, it's uh, Humble and Tim, Humble Howard from Humble and Fred Show. Tim, of course, you know Tim, golf spiritual leader, along with Tim O'Connor, the mental performance coach of uh, of the people. Uh <laughs> I just finished taping a... Uh, Fred and I have been doing our show uh, basically independently now for almost 10 years. And about s- five or six years ago, we signed a deal with Sirius XM. And when we did the deal, uh, we said we don't want to start... We, we said we only have two demands. We said we don't want to do the show starting at 6 a.m. anymore. We want to start at 7 a.m., and we only want to do it four days a week. So today, Fred and I uh, taped a show for the first time in over five years on a Friday. <laughs> and the people that follow our show are all like, oh, my God, this is truly the sign of the apocalypse. Exactly. Humble and Fred are working on Fridays. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I basically just spent the last hour uh, talking all things virus. Uh, I'll start by saying, how are you, sir? How's your family? How are you feeling? Hey, well, thank you. I'm feeling good today. I mean, it's good to see your smiling face via Zoom, which I think is Zoom is becoming the linchpin of the Western economy. Uh, I'm no economist, but I play one on a podcast. Um, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, you know, a few times I've had to go into a grocery store. I always have this sort of feeling of anxiousness. It's like, oh, do I have enough stuff? Um so that, but generally, I'm feeling okay. Um, spending a lot of time on Zoom calls and connecting with people. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot of people feeling a ton of stress out there, and so doing a lot of talking and listening. Um, family's doing great. Um, pleased that uh, Corey, uh, my oldest boy, got his butt back from Australia a month early. And very relieved. He made it into San Francisco. He got into Calgary, I think, Monday. And I think they talked to him this morning, and he was um, driving to Thunder Bay. But uh, we're good. How is your brood doing? Uh, my uh, youngest is uh, holed up with her boyfriend's family, just the four of them, in the east end of Toronto. And she's uh, they're all self-isolating. Uh, she seems well. Uh, my other daughter is in, like, arguably one of the worst spots you can be in in North America. She's in New York, and uh, a lot of people there. Well, the the thing is, the the number of cases per million. I don't know if you've seen that stat. Uh, for Canada, I'll give you some perspective. In Canada, the cases per one million in population in all of Canada is twenty three. And in the all of the U.S., it's 43. And in um, New York City, it's between 50 and 100. The reason they don't know the number is because of the woeful lack of testing in yeah. the U.S. And, and I listen, if you guys want to hear the Humble and Fred Show Extra today, uh, go and check it out for all your coronavirus ranting. But, you know, one of the huge failings of the U.S. government among a million huge failings is their refusal of the WHO offer of testing kits back in February. And uh, 
I'll give you an example. Hong Kong, South Korea, they've had hundreds of thousands of people tested. In all of the U.S., they've had 60,000. So Canada's a little bit better, but only because of our, well, less people, and also because of our experience with SARS. So uh, she's fine so far. She says she didn't feel that well this week, but I don't know. You know, people, I think, are having a lot of psychosomatic symptoms. Oh, yeah. I had a little dry cough this morning. I'm going, oh, oh, oh. And then, you know, it was gone five minutes later. Uh, Yesterday afternoon into the evening, I started to feel kind of warm. Like, I have no other symptoms. But she's been having some symptoms this week. Mm. Uh, Girlfriend Rachel and I basically holed up in the house here. And uh, we had booked this cabin kind of near you. Uh, it's near uh, Kincardine? Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, more, more north or west. Yeah, north or. So we're going to, after the show today, we're going to get in the car and take the dog and some groceries and go just sort of self-isolate in a cabin somewhere. That sounds very nice. Yeah, I, I mean, I, when we if booked... We're going to self-isolate. That sounds like a really great way to do it. But a week ago, Fred sort of said to me, I'm surprised you're doing that. And I said, well, you remember a week ago, we were going to restaurants. You know, yeah. we, uh, last Saturday, we went to a restaurant in St. Catharines just to have breakfast. And so I'm going to wait till she gets over here and we're going to maybe talk it over again. But I, I don't really know. I mean, I, the, the thing about our show uh, about golf is that golf is like everything else has been affected by this uh, because we're affected by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Um you know, it's uh, so as I coach, that's the way I make my living. And uh, right now, there's not a lot of two people, not too many people concerned about their backswing or whether they can break 80 or not. And, you know, that's fine. We're all uh, all adapting yeah. uh, to this thing. And and it's my hope in doing our podcast. Maybe there's a, a few things that we could share that maybe we can draw from golf and from, you know, our collective experience. You golf spiritual leader and and me. um facilitator of men and <laughs> people that maybe there's something that people can can take from this um in terms of our collective experience and whatever degree of wisdom we may have to share yeah you know when i got back from phoenix i had uh you know my sort of takeaway from that experience that i had was uh you know, the idea that ex- the only way to get experience is to have experiences. You know, the only way to build up any, you know, sort of grittiness as a golfer is to go through some things and, you know, have some bad holes and prevail. And, you know, one of the things I think we, uh, you know, we forget as, you know, human beings is that, you know, our our parents, our grandparents, their parents, they all went through things. You know, we're we're going through something right now and we'd all like it to be over. But while you're in it, you sort of have to, you have to re- you have to react, you, can't, you have to respond. You can't just react. You have to, you have to go through it. There's no going around this. And and maybe on the other side of this, there's something we we take away that will make us better. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I like a few times you said on the show. There's there's few, certain lines that we repeat, and one that you've said a few times is that. We tend to go through, start a golf round thinking nothing bad is going to happen today. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, today's the day that nothing, I will, I will hit every shot and everything will be great. Exactly. And, um, yeah, so golf life don't work out that way. Um, so I do a lot of thinking 
and uh, speaking about this thing called transformation, which is basically a big word for change. And just as you were saying, man, uh, a few moments ago about your 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 experience with um, heart surgery is that we gain experience by going through experience. It's the only way. It's the doorway. We have to go through an ordeal and because that pushes us up against the things that we don't really want to deal with. Yeah. And those are the things we must deal with. And, and it's, it sounds, it sounds really almost biblical, but, and I don't mean it that way, but no, it's, I know what you mean. it's transformation only comes from pushing up against our fears and, Holy shit, as a society, like our noses are right in it. Experience is what we get when things don't go as planned, is the uh, quote I was looking for. Hmm. And that's, you know, that's, that's every round of golf. And it's this round of whatever we're going through now. By the way, before we go any further, thanks to our friends at TaylorMade. TaylorMade, uh, you know, it's interesting. I was looking at, uh, they were rerunning the Valspar championship of 2018 on the golf channel uh starting thursday uh the 19th of march and all through the weekend and i was wondering well why are they rerunning this well i think it's because this was the week that that tournament was supposed to be on but it was also about the third or fourth tournament in 2018 into tiger's comeback that's right and and i watched it yesterday for a couple hours as a diversion but it was interesting to hear the announcers talk about the comeback of Tiger, because they don't know what's coming. We know that the Tour Championship happened in 2018. We know the Masters happened in 2019, and then the other championship, and then the President's Cup. But it was interesting hearing Maltby saying, you know, it's great to have Tiger back, and, and all the other announcers. And I was thinking, isn't this, you know, it's interesting looking back at, you know, the the evolution of what happened with Tiger. It's kind of like what we're all going through. We're all going through a tough time now and hopefully you know we get to bounce back at some point yeah was that was yeah. that too much i don't know maybe it's no I, I like that it's um yeah we're this is going to be a heck of a heck of a challenge for everybody to, to bounce back in so many different ways you know you know businesses are going tits up uh-huh. uh you know people are i i can imagine how many people are feeling really strained maybe in their marriage right now. Oh, yeah. You know, one person deals with stuff in a certain way. Another person deals with it in another way. Uh, maybe, you know, he's alarmist. She's, ah, don't worry about it. Or the other way around. And just, you know, just all the fears and the stresses are just kind of, you kind of have to look at a window, you know, maybe usually our, our normal amount of stress is maybe a, a six or so. But right, it's right almost up to the top of the of the windowsill. So there's not much room left there. So in in moments like that, that's when that's when some real shit can hit the fan. By the way, I know what I was trying to get at with uh, watching Tiger on TV. I, I was I was talking about TaylorMade, and it was just going back to watching Tiger in 2018, seeing him using TaylorMade product. That's what I was also thinking because there he was using I think whatever that version of the M2 or M3 was with the white uh, top of the club. That's right. Uh, and so, again, just to tell everyone, if you're when golf returns, you know, of course, we recommend TaylorMade. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. You know, most people walk around like we all know people that get really pissed off in traffic. I used to be one. Right. And so if you're always at, you know, DEFCON 7, <laughs> when when normal shit happens, where are you at now? 
Because I right. think what a lot of people, like I've talked to, and I don't mean to say this, if you, you know, it just seems to me hard to believe that if you're in a smaller center, like my friend was telling me that on, on uh, in Georgetown on um, St. Patty's Day, they went out for a run, him and his wife, and they, they ran as they were coming through the neighborhood. There was about 25 or 30 people all gathered around outside in someone's house, drinking beer and having a St. Patty's Day celebration outside. And I said, are these fucking people out of their minds? This exactly. is four days ago. Like, but like how, not how dumb do you have to be, but it's like, you know, we all, to your point about, we all come to these things you know whether it's with your spouse or your friends or family i just said to myself i said to him there's nobody in toronto doing that right now now is it because we're smarter or because we're in a bigger city or because we're more informed or because we you know we eat granola or we do things differently but i'll tell you if you're in a small town it's coming it's coming for you and it's just because you don't live in toronto or montreal or whatever but it's coming and if you're still gathering in, you know, people, uh, 30 people on St. Patrick's Day three days ago, you're, you're in denial, you know? Yeah, well, it's also, but this is, there's such a different experience in smaller centers. Um, I remember last year talking with a, a couple of people, and, and these are young people, and they talked about, uh, you know, Billy, who wrapped his car around a tree and died, and and Sally, who who died you know all this car accidents from from right. drinking too much yeah and and i said well what the heck is going on she said well there's nothing to do so what do they do they drink and they get bored so let's go visit you know let's go visit steve whatever and you get in the car and you know so it, it sometimes it's it's not so much i don't think that people are 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 Stupid. It's just that the, the word might be ignorant, and yeah. what we think about ignorant, there's a, there's a, it's a harsh word, but what it just means is it's working from from a place of just not having enough knowledge, and and experience. So, yeah, it's it's really tough, and but that's I think really where um, where I go with all this is just is just is <laughs> just asking people, reaching out, and go, hey, how's it going? Yeah. What are you doing? If there's any time we need to to connect with with people, it's it's now. You know, I went through my contact list a couple of days ago, and I still I'm working my way through it. And I basically sort of cut and pasted a, a message to people that I haven't sort of talked to in a while or heard from, and just saying, "Hey, I hope you're well. Hope everything's okay. If you want to talk, I'm around. You know, I'm at home. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and then I had this conversation with uh, somebody that we both know, you and I, somebody you coached actually. You know, they were telling me, like, uh, oh, yeah, my son's still going to work, and I'm still going to work. And this was yesterday. And I said, well, you are you need to get up to speed because we're yep. not doing that anymore. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I go, well, listen, man, if you don't think this is real, and I sent him a couple things. I said, you know, I, I won't tell you how to run your life, but you're endangering yourself, your family, your mother, your kids. It's just not a – this isn't like, well, it's a big city thing. You know, one of the things that Fred and I talked mm. about – is seven states, seven of them, as of a couple days ago, still hadn't closed schools and churches and restaurants. And you know what those seven states are? All Republican. You know, and I, I don't want to make this political, but it is political. They're just dumb. Absolutely. They're lining up to buy guns because they think they can shoot it. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> it's like, like, are you kidding me? But, but 
it's what you said about ignorance. It's like a lack of knowledge. It's like this conversation I had with this person yesterday. I said, you've got to understand that even if there's only 10 people in your office, like you're coming into contact with everyone they've come into contact with. I said, your kid going to work with an office of 10 or 12 people, he's bringing that back. You don't know. So my daughter in New York uh, introduced me to this phrase like a couple nights ago. It's called, she said to me, so daddy, who's in your isolation pod? And I'm like, yet another new phrase to add to the lexicon. (laughs) But um, I thought that's an interesting way to put it. Who is, who am I coming into contact with? And I am telling you, uh, two weeks ago, we were still having guests on the show. Last week, Fred and I, uh, had our last guest on Tuesday. As of today, he's not going to come in anymore because we we can do the show just like you and I are doing the show, and we can do it live on a radio station. It's so funny because all these broadcasters and television presenters are all working from home, and I've been working from home with a, a studio for years now. Yeah, yeah. But but as every so the point being that as every day goes by and more information becomes available, we're now narrowing and closing down our pod. So right now, the only person I'm interacting with on a regular basis is Rachel. I mean, Phil, our, the kid that produces our show, is coming in on Monday so he can show me how to get these cameras working for our Facebook Live broadcast. But after that, we're sending him home. Yeah. So next week, my pod, my isolation pod is just going to be two, you know? And and I I can't recommend that enough because because all we can do is that all we can do is slow it down there's no containment anymore and what people the reason they're telling you to stay inside for 15 days is so that it gives the healthcare system a chance to maybe catch up it's gives not them a, gives them a fighting chance maybe but yeah, it's the oh, it, it's all we can do anyway yeah. want, want to talk about some funny golf stuff yeah let's do that okay I thought you'd like this story where I, I had to shut my uh, my computer shut down. It overheated. It literally, my computer's old. It actually overheated. When Channel 9 doesn't come in, do you kind of just bang it on the side of it? Oh, no, exactly. So I'm, I, I, I don't know the name of this golfer, but I'll, I'll find it. It doesn't really matter, but I, it, it is an interesting takeaway for, for golf. Uh, it's a, a tour pro. Not not super well known. I think his name is Haggy Hoagie or something like that. I'll try and find it. Do you know what a gender reveal is? Isn't that when um, parents? Yeah, am I on the right track yep, there? Yep. When, yeah. Okay. So you 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 can give me the further details because because you, you live in the big city. I just yeah, exactly. live in a small city like Guelph. So so you're way more up to speed on cultural on the cultural zeitgeist well your kids probably know this phrase so a gender reveal is when you know new parents reveal oh here it is um his name is uh brandon haggy and uh so a gender reveal is basically just that when young people reveal in a cute way the gender of their child and usually it's some little thing they put up on their social media and they reveal it and they do something cute. So this PGA Tour player put out on his social media, I called it my favorite tee shot I've ever hit, so excited to meet our daughter, knew it all along. So I guess what happened was, <laughs> so his wife uh, 
gave him a golf ball. And what we find out is it's an exploding golf ball. And uh, he hits the he finds out the gender of his child by hitting the golf ball and it explodes and it comes out uh, blue, I guess, or paint, whatever. (laughs) So that it's whatever, because whatever color it comes out. Blue. Yeah. yeah, It's for boys. No, for girl. It's a daughter. So whatever it is. Oh, pink, uh, pink. So I guess it's pink. Let me just turn the sound down on it. So he hits it. But here's the thing I want to I want to if you want to look it up, everybody. His name is Brandon Haggy, H-A-G-Y. Oh, yeah, I, sorry, it comes out pink. So he doesn't know. And then he freaks out and runs over to his wife who's behind, and they get excited and, and so forth. So you're up to speed, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But why I want our Swing Thought golf nerds to check this out is because this kid who knows he's about to find out the, the sex of his unborn child Steps up to this tee shot and does goes through his whole fucking routine. (laughs) And it's funny because I watched the video before I read any of the content. And that's the first thing I noticed as he stepped in, he looked up, he shuffled his feet. He fucking waggles like he, he goes through his entire tour player golfer routine. Does he do the... Does he do the Jason Day thing behind the ball and the, eye, the eyes, eyelashes fluttering? Whatever it was. But I'll tell you what, he went through his routine and I thought, isn't that just, what a great lesson for golfers. Like he was about, this was just a, a bit they were doing and he does it all. The waggle is what got me. That's hilarious. Like, and it's funny because I sort of noticed him stepping up and I didn't really pay attention to the, the shuffling and, and looking out down. He know, By the way, he knows the ball is going to explode and he's still looking down the fairway. <laughs> he's still doing this. And I thought, isn't that, you know, what a great lesson for all of us that there's a reason those guys perform well a lot of the time is that they are performing well all of the time. Well, you know what? He's drawing on instinct, and that's that's what he does. And, yes. and so he's he's excited. So in essence, he's in a he's in a place of stress. Yeah. So what do we do when we're under stress? Is go through our routine. And the only thing, so I have a, a a story that's sort of similar, but I think it's kind of funny. So last summer, as a head coach of the, of the University of Guelph golf team. Um, they put me on the 11th tee at Cutton Fields, and I was the beat the pro guy. Oh, yeah. So, so everyone who would, you know, I'd hit a shot on the green, and, and everyone would, if they hit it, you know, inside of it. Was this for a fundraiser or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, so I get there, and it's, it's about 135 yards, and for me, that's like a, just a comfortable nine. And, and anyways, so the first few people go through, and, like, I'm staking it. <laughs> I went, oh, wait a second. My job is not to, to prevent people. It's like to allow people. So right. I start aiming. The, it's kind of a cut right pin. I, it's sort of closer to the middle. And then uh, and on this one swing, I just, you know, just hit this beaver tail size divot, and, you know, chunk in the water. So, so what happens to the next swing I get there? Totally instinct. Total instinct. I go go through my whole routine. I put it to about three inches from the hole. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> and then the very next guy who gets up, he hits the ball. It lands about three feet from the pin, hits the pin, and settles about six inches away. That's hilarious. <laughs> and like, 
<laughs> like I went, oh, I forgot. <laughs> My job isn't to beat these guys. No, they like, want. So here's the guy who like hits the freaking pin, and you know, still doesn't does, beat you. He still doesn't beat me. Um, but you know, I said, hey, dude, you you go, you go, you're in that raffle. That's but, funny. But you know, it was just based on instinct. That's just you know. You know, one of the things I uh, we I'm really talked much about being. I, I talked a little bit on a few shows ago when I came back from uh, the Tour Striker Golf Academy in Phoenix. Uh, with our friend uh, Marty Chuck, my buddy, and uh, you know, you know, he it was an interesting experience because I've never actually been. You know, I've been to a couple of one day things. I took the Pell's uh, short game school years ago. I took some listeners to um, the Jim McLean Golf School. He wasn't there in, in Doral, and but we just did it. We just went for a day and a half. But I've never been to a three day school and seen how it develops and seen how the curriculum is presented and how they deal with players like me and players like Rachel or brand new. But uh, one of the things very interesting that they like Marty's his own Martin's got his own sort of lexicon around the swing and golf. And one of the things he doesn't call it a practice swing. He calls it a priming swing. Mm, I love that. That is great. Yeah, I loved it. And I thought you would too. You know, the idea that you're, you're he, and he said almost very few top level players, and he's right, take their priming swing near the ball. But, uh, and, 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 you know, I was again watching Tiger at the Valspar, and I watch a lot of Tiger on video. But, you know, Tiger takes a lot of practice swings. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, you know, a lot of them have their own routines. Justin Rose has that thing that he does. But yeah. but Tiger really does take a lot of priming swings. And the reason I like priming is because you're not just priming yourself physically. You know, you see how Tiger takes those swings. He's really priming himself mentally for what he's about to do. Now, I'm not saying people take even longer than they do. Because, you know, slow play being what it is. But if you can get to your ball... And take some priming. Like, I noticed that, like, I usually don't. You know, it's funny because I, I tend not to take a practice swing. Maybe one. Mm-hmm. If, if it's a, but I, I said to myself this summer, if there is golf and tournament golf, I'm going to take a few more swings to prime what I'm about to do. And, I, and I, I love that, that way, you know, they talk about priming a pump, right? You're basically mm-hmm. priming your senses, uh, and especially the way Tiger does it. He's taking it in visually and physically. Yeah, yeah. So when you talk about priming, uh, I got to think, is it more about getting into the feel of what you want? Yeah. Uh, maybe adjusting to the terrain, you know, maybe the ball's above your feet. So you got to kind of adjust to that a bit. Just just the feel you want, you know, as you're going to try and hit a cut, uh, you know, you're just feeling your body open, club face open, whatever. Is that more of what a priming thing is as opposed to a technical to, thing? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to, okay. When I hit this shot, I'm going to keep my elbow here and do this or that. You know, one of the exercises Martin had us all do, even the newer golfers like Rachel, but, you know, we, we one afternoon after uh, lunch, we spent about an hour, maybe even a couple hours on a part of the range, you know, like, you know, it's like a flat surface, but when the range kind of goes downhill to the actual area where the golf balls are, we spent a good amount of time hitting shots off downhill lies. Uh, we spent a good amount of time hitting, really making wild cuts and big draws and low shots. Like, it was That's, great. That is great. And uh, so there was myself and another sort of lower handicap player, Marshall, from uh, one of the Carolinas, great guy. 
uh, very fine player. This interesting character, both his sons are on the uh, PGA Tour Latin America, and his, oh, regu- wow. and his regular golf partner is Jay Hawes. So he's a golfer. So he yeah. and I were just screwing around, just trying to hit different shots, and I thought, what a, another great exercise because Martin's idea is, okay, it's not just about where you are positionally. It's like, can you create golf shots? That's and, what it's all about. And that's And that's that's what I, again, I've never been through a school. And I thought, you know, what do you do for three days? Well, we did a lot of that stuff. And that's fantastic yeah. because that's the game. The game isn't, most, I've been to a few golf schools, um, as a writer, I went through just so I could write about the experience and so much. And this is obviously back in the nineties. And I remember one I went to, it was at Innisbrook in Florida and it was nuts and bolts, you know, insert tab a slot B kind of stuff. And when I left there, I was so frazzled and mixed <laughs> up and oh yeah. my God, I, I, I think that. that a lot of those schools were based on not that dissimilar a paradigm as most golf instruction. Yeah. So they send you away. Here's what you want to do, but they'll sow a little seed of confusion so that you come back. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, what I love about what you're talking about is that's the game is hitting shots. It's not hitting, making perfect golf swings. Yeah. That's really what the game is and, and, and is, is hitting these shots. And who cares what they look like? It's, I've had a massive, um, uh, well, this has really been, I've come to a greater understanding working with Mike Marks is that it's just all about, you know, basically managing the curve of your shots and how that works and, and, and bring and, and doing, doing that as opposed to trying to make some kind of perfect golf swing, which is as close to useless as you can get. You know, it's funny you say that because, uh, I don't work a lot in the indoor world, uh, track man and stuff, but I came back from that school and, uh, of course, I was sick after the week. I got sick at the end of that week. Anyway, I came back, and I've been indoors a couple of times with uh, friends of ours, and uh, well, in, including the day I did the fitting at TaylorMade. You know, what happens is, and there was a lot of swings. I told you it was like 100 swings in an hour and a half. It was really a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens is you start to get fixated and intoxicated on that center line, whether it's TrackMan or whatever they use, Mm-hmm. Uh, flight scope, and and what I've started doing indoors even now is well I'm, I I don't I don't care about zeroing out you know that phrase in TrackMan zero pass oh yeah zero. absolutely like yep. I don't care about it I just want to know okay if I'm trying to hit a draw to the right will it come back to the left if I'm trying to cut something because because it's it's unnatural and I think it's not very productive to zero your path as a as the nirvana of the golf swing it's can you curve it when you want to. Hundred percent. That that's exactly what uh, Mike and I have been working on, and it's just kind of like okay, if you get some near that center line, great. But it's like, can I hit a cut when I want to? Right. And can I hit a hit a draw? And I'm working. The, what I've come to understand is I've talked about earlier on the podcast is that I, I came to see that oh, my body performs a fade way easier than a draw. So let's just go with that. But it's just, it's really about having a better sense of where the golf ball is going to go. And that just makes it so much easier. Um, 
you know, when I know I can, in essence, take the, the left part of the golf course out of play. Well, if you go back and listen to somewhere, I don't know, 90 shows ago, I was talking about my friend Paul Henrik, who, who by the way, his, you know his father just passed away a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And you know what? So his name was John, right? John Henrik. Uh, and you got to spend some time with him before he died. Well, I've spent quite a bit of time with him the last couple of years, but the, the day... I guess it was the day before he died. I sat in his room with him talking golf, you know. That's lovely. It really that's was. Really, and that's it, great. And it was just him and I for about an hour. Just asked, I, I asked him all the questions that I've asked him before. I thought I'll just, you know, sort of tell me once again about this this guy that you used to caddy for. And he, you know, his eyes lit uh, up. I love that. I but, love that. But one of the things his son Paul taught me almost to, to begin with, and it's a mantra that he always keeps reminding me of, and that's this phrase, the straight shot's the miss. And what mm-hmm. it means is if you've got a back left f- flag and you, you're aiming to the right-hand side of the green, hoping that it draws to, you know, 15 feet right of the flag, if you pull it, you'll be tight. If you hit your draw, you'll be 15 feet. But if you hit it straight, that's the miss, and you're on the right side of the green. Which is A-OK. Which is A-OK. But a lot of us, and especially newer golfers, Try and hit it straight all the time. And, and what, they, what you find out about better players is that none of us are trying to hit it straight. It's always some version of it curving. Now, and, you know, you and I generally, you know, most of our lives were playing draws because we grew up in the era where the draws went further. Mm-hmm. The reason that we're both chasing cuts now is because the equipment will allow a cut or a fade to go every bit as far as a draw. And and as we both know, you know, it's it's if you can eliminate the perspective of the draw or the 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 pull hook, which we're, you're still going to do. But as you just said, if you eliminate the left side of the golf course. It can make maneuvering your way around it a little easier. Yeah. You, you know, interesting. Just as, uh, for a quick tangent, that makes Mo Norman so much more of a miracle when you understand what's the hardest shot in golf straight. This was a guy hit the ball with zero side spin, yeah. almost like a Ferris wheel in the sky. You know, so so amazing what Mo Norman could do. But you're 100 percent correct. When you try and hit the ball straight, you bring all kinds of shit into play. Well, <laughs> Basically, to, to, to use a very crude way to talking about it, like what you talked about was just bang on, man. If you're trying you, to hit that left flag and you're hitting straight at it and you pull it, then you short side yourself. Oh, and you bring everything to the left, but uh, the trees, the bunkers, all that into play. There was a, I'm not sure if it was Golf World or Golf Digest online, but it was an article. I, I, I don't have to go get it, but it was basically what, what 90 shooters, what, what are the three things 90 shooters don't know about golf? And it was, the article was guys in, you know, scratch and plus handicaps saying, and one of the things they said was that, that if you're a high handicap player, you th- assume the, that good players are trying to hit the ball straight, and they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and the funny thing about learning to curve it, and that's why I thought Martin's school was interesting, because even for someone like Rachel, who's brand new to golf, if you get the idea that y- y- you're, if your frustration comes from it not going straight, well, the good news is, it's not supposed to. It's yeah, exactly. To. And, you know, one of the things that sort of bring this you know, kind of a little bit closer to sort of the um, uh, more sort of centered in the mental part of the game is that, you know what, if you got a hell of a slice, 
if you practice acceptance and detachment, yeah. you can you can center cut that thing all day. For sure. And as long as you don't give a crap. I mean, look at Bubba Watson, for gosh sakes. That ball moves. He slices the ball. Yeah, I can also and curve I, it the other way, too. But he does okay with yeah. that. I remember, I remember a person I knew really well had a, a nice fade. And he went, ah, oh, dang. Just, and I went, what do you mean? Ben Hogan made a career with that thing. That's right. And he goes, no, I want to hit a draw. And I went, you know what? That's that's kind of vanity in 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 many ways. You're attached to to being able to hit this shot that you think will look really good. And yeah, I mean, it feels good too. But wow, just um, <laughs> just go with what you got, man. Well, there's an old thing about you know, it's like. Even you know, even tour players at their level will will sometimes go to the range warming up. Nicholas said this. You know, it's like, and if you're not being, if if one of if if it's only going one way on the range that morning, go with that. Uh, Whereas a lot of us will, yeah, well, a lot of us will go to the golf course and spend the round trying to fix whatever they didn't like about the way they were hitting it on the range, and it's like. Back to the oh. me- back to the mental side. It's like, where are you? Because if you're on the third hole, still trying to figure out why you can't draw it that day, or whatever it is. Um, I will tell you, there's a guy at the National. You know who Billy Hutchison is? Uh, no, he's a you know top guy in Ontario in his day. You know, and he he won the club champion. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm one of those guys, the top five guy in the province. You know, this is like 15, 20 years ago, maybe. So he came to the National, I'll say, in the early 2000s, just a few years before I left. And I played a little bit of golf with him, and I've played at tournaments with him since. But Billy at the time, you know, he, wasn't, he was a younger guy than me, so maybe he's 10 years younger than me. But he didn't hit it very far for his age. Like, he hit it out there, you know, 265, 270. But he hit this fade, and I remember watching him, and all he hit was a fade. And this is a guy that was like, you know, almost won the Ontario Amateur, etc. And he hit this, but you know, the classic little butter cut, the Brutzlitzky fade, or whatever you want to call it. And he just, I, I remember looking at him thinking, well, this guy just never seems to be in trouble. You know, mm. he, he wasn't as long as I would have expected a younger guy to be, but he was just always sort of in the middle-ish, always in the middle-ish of the greens, and he just kind of, at the National especially, never really oh. found himself in trouble, oh, you know? Gosh, and so, yeah. uh, and he won the club championship like six times. Yep. Because a guy like, uh, and, and you know who else uh, plays golf like that at, 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 in my world these days is Lars Melander. That's who I thought, I knew you were going to Lars, yeah. And Lars doesn't hit it way long. I play some golf with him. He hits it good enough, but Lars plays sort of down the middle-ish of most fairways, in the middle-ish of most greens, and is a decent putter and short game guy. And so he's around par a lot because mm-hmm. his stress level of golf is lower than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This, oh this Christmas, yeah. give them. Yeah, but it kind of depends on why you play the game to some degree. I mean, if you're someone who likes to go out and have a few beers and just bomb it down there, yeah. you know, the visceral thrill, if you will, then have at it. Um, but if you're playing what Carl Morris calls scoring golf, I mean, that's one of the interesting things that uh, of the many interesting things we talked to Vin Harris about in our last podcast was – you know, when people talk about relaxing and detaching, 
Uh, it's like hit it all over the place and we're going to be okay playing golf. No, we're not. <laughs> we're, it's within a context. It's a game. You, you want to score lower than your opponent. There's, there's satisfaction in hitting a solid shot, hitting a ball where you want it to go, making a putt. We want the ball to go where we want it to go. But when we're overly attached, that's where we, we lose it. Yeah, but for sure. It's, it, it's striking that balance of just of being able to have some fun, be in the environment, uh, you know, feel the breeze, whatever, hear the birds, talk to your buddies, and then do this thing that we're invested in. We're invested in wanting this shot to come off, and this because that's we're we're athletes. And we have desire, and that's fulfillment. Oh, I don't know. I'm going down this major league rabbit no, hole. I, no, I, I got it. I mean, here's the thing. What I said to you just before you started, I said this this Christmas, ask Santa for the gift of a fade. <laughs> I, I, um, you know, one of my yeah, I had a conversation with Ed Collins about a month ago. I'm not sure if I shared it with you. Oh, maybe I did. But one of the things Ed said to me about my development as a tournament player this year, this was before the virus ended the planet, was mm. um, to try and be a bit more boring in my play. Like a it, Lars Melander. Like a Lars or like a Billy Hutchison. And just kind of try and, and... And I do try, but it's like, why does that chaos appear a couple times around in tournaments and he said what you want to look for is can you make the round as sort of routine and it's easy easier said than done I mean because things happen and you have to be ready for them but he said you got the recovery from disaster down great Mm -hmm. he said you just need to start being comfortable with just rounds of Shooting par, a couple over, maybe one under, because you just kind of plod your way along. And can that's, I ask, can I, I'm going to interject. So, yeah, is is a lot of that through course management? Is that through instead of hitting driver or or even three wood? It's okay. It's a 400 yard par three. If I hit three iron here, I may I, st- I still may be 170 in, but at least I'm not going to be in the shit. I think a little bit of it is because I'm, I'm. I think I'm pretty good with that. I think at, when I look back at the big numbers I've made in tournaments, they seem to come when I lose touch with my physical abilities. But however it nets out, because I'm I'm pretty good with that. I'm pretty good at gearing down. I'm not hitting driver on every hole, but it's the. It's can I just get comfortable with just bunting it out there, finding it middle of the green, couple of putts, and and just being in, enjoy that part as opposed to, you know, maybe there's some part of me that loves the can I make a two after I've made a nine, right. and uh, but how, but the the point of the conversation is that you know there's nothing wrong, you know I I I, uh, I was talking about doing the show with Fred this morning, Fred had one of his lowest rounds ever. Uh, when he was in Mexico, and it was 98 or 97. And he mm-hmm. was telling me about it the same way that I would describe shooting even par to you, but he said it was like, it was just everything was sort of, you know, not tedious, but just I when I, I hit it on the fairway, I hit it near the green, I yeah. chipped up, I made my bogey, I never made worse than a double, I made a couple of long putts, I, you know, a couple, but and then all of a sudden he shoots 97 or 98 and he's thrilled. Yeah. And he said to me after the same way we would talk, he goes, it just seems so easy. And I said, well, generally it, it can be, you know, it, it can be a lot easier. I think some, than we sometimes make it. 
Yeah. So I just want to ask you one question, if I don't mind. But the coach part of me is just like my spidey senses, if you will. So what did you mean by, I think our listeners would be curious too, is when you said you lose, you sort of lost touch, if you will, with your physical abilities. Yeah. What happens in that moment? What's going on? Well, I I think of the three one I hit. I I was a par four at Taboo, and it's the uh, second round of the Ontario Senior Am last summer. And this is the hole I made nine on. And I got up to that hole, and, uh, you know, I remember the first shot I hit into the trees. And I remember, like, you know, like, not like, where did that come from? But it's like some fear creeps in. Right. And I I don't make my normal swing. I don't, I don't you know, in my case, whether I'll technically, whether I finish my backswing or I spin my shoulder, whatever it is that doesn't mm-hmm. produce my normal little whatever I hit, draw, cut, whatever I want, it, it's like some tension crept in and I lose. Totally. Yeah, I lose kind of, I guess I just say, I lose the ability to, to make the ball do what I want. And is so I... Yeah, sorry. Because it's Finish because your... it's fear, right? Exactly. So fear that you're in you're in your head in yeah. essence, and so so that puts uh, so you got cortisol going through. You got the hormone cortisol going. You got more tension. Yeah, you're hanging you're hanging on because that's what we do. We're in a fear place. You know that's you know fight flight freeze yeah. fear. Um, so yeah, I was talking with a. Um, a, a young fellow yesterday who's a, he's just turned professional and he talked about being in this big tournament last year. And, and so in essence, what we were getting to was around awareness. I was like, okay, what's happening to me now? And he talked about playing in, uh, in Scotland and in a tournament and good drive. And then he, um, he, he overshoots the green and he's furious with himself for doing that. He gets to his ball. He's still furious. Now he's got, Right lie, downhill lie to 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 a, a you know a pin cut close. Like in essence, so he's got no shot because he's got he's got no chance at sort of simmering himself down because he's been tromping up the fairway, giving himself shit for that. So what we talked about was was the awareness piece of like, okay, what's going on for me? You hit he hits this shot, flies the green, then it's like kind of check in time. What's going on for me? Oh. I just slammed my uh, nine iron into the turf. <laughs> my breathe, my heart's fast. I've got white knuckles right now. And what do I need to do? Oh, I'm aware that I'm hot right now. Just that awareness. We talked about in our last show, awareness is curative. And, and that just allows him to come right back to his spot. So I don't know, coachy stuff. How's that land for you? No, it all makes sense. I mean, I... I uh... I've got, you know, two or three moments that happened last summer that I have learned from. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm already working on trying to design a priming swing that mm. I can rely on in those situations where, you know, that they, they put me in my body versus in my head. Right. Because, you know, there was another time in the Canadian seniors where, you know, on the second round, par five, I hit three shots off the tee. And if it hadn't been for an OGA, I'm sorry, it ages me, a GAO official, if she hadn't seen where my first ball crossed the hazard, I was uh, one three, I was five off the tee. 
And, and, and it was because of her, she saw my first ball actually cross the hazard versus it didn't. That allowed me not to make a 15 or something. But I can tell you when I made my third swing, same swing, all three, pull hook left. I still hadn't figured out how to get out of this situation because I became more embarrassed, more humiliated. Yeah, absolutely. All that stuff. Um. Yeah, that's cool. So that's that's exactly what Ed's talking about, is that you now have more skill because you've been through that experience. Now you have more skill at being like, oh, whew, this is what's going on. Yeah. Better walk to the back of the tee, walk around a bit, take some big breaths or something. Well, and I look back at those holes and I think to myself, okay, well, really, what was your intention? And I think getting back to our, our you know conversation a few minutes ago about trying to hit the ball straight, it's like sometimes under pressure, I forget that I'm not trying to hit the ball straight. Like the three would that turned into the nine, I really shouldn't have been aiming anywhere where I was aiming because I because the the pull hook got into the trees. But if I did if I if I wanted to hit a draw, I should have been aiming down way down the right hand side of that fairway. So if I did pull hook it, it's only on the left side of the fairway, not in the bush. That's because right. I and pull, go ahead. Yeah. Well, your push. How far does your push go offline? Well, exactly. I mean, if I push that shot, I'd just be in the rough or maybe in the right trees. But still, I'm in bounds, not, you know, uh, Oscar Bravo, as the kids like to say. Oscar Bravo. That's a, oh, Oscar Bravo. Yeah. I thought that was like, is that the same as AMF? No, it's OB. Um, listen, man, I know you got to go to another podcast. I've been talking nonstop now for hours. Uh, Taylor made. thank you very much for your support. Uh, I hope that uh, we'll be uh, in touch this week, and I hope all stays well in your world with your family and your and yourself and your. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I hope that you, um, yeah, I don't know. I just hope you have a great weekend with Rachel. Uh, that you uh, you stay healthy. That's the phrase that I've uh, I've appropriated from you. It's a it's a great one. I've the, that now has become my tagline for every email yeah, take care dot 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 stay healthy exclamation mark yeah stay healthy everybody that's all we can do and uh you know i can say that what i do every night is i basically try and turn off the virus you know sort of after dinner i'm like okay i can't do anything tonight so i'll just you know watch netflix and go to bed yeah yeah i'm so we gotta stay up to date on what's going on but uh, at a certain point it's like all right, none of this is in my control. I'm just going to check in and connect, and those are that's my watchword for these days. Is there anything we could do to help each other? Yep, is uh, love each other or die. <laughs> humble, humble and Fred show uh, available online. Of course, uh, swing thoughts on Facebook, and uh, don't forget to like it. That would be great. And Tim O'Connor, how do we get a hold of you? And check my website at O'ConnorGolf.ca. All right, man. I will uh, talk to you soon. Have a great uh, weekend. You too. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Feel all right when you hear the music.